Well, Australasia will host its first ever cult awareness conference next year. Experts and survivors will meet in Christchurch to highlight how cults work and the harm they can cause. It's called Decult, and it's being organised by journalists and author of the book Cult Trip Inside the World of Coercion and Control, Anka Richter. Uh, she's joined us on Afternoons before, and it's a welcome back, Anka. Oh, kia ora, Jesse. Good to be back. How is the awareness level of cults and the risks they pose in New Zealand at the moment, do you think? Oh, you mean the awareness level of people um, in general about General cults, public, yeah. The general public, well, I think it can be improved. There's still a lot of misconception about cult leavers and what they need and what kind of people actually get sucked into cults and recruited into them. And it's actually a massive unrecognized mental health and human rights issue. The the stuff that cult leavers deal with when they come out, they're often broken um, financially, emotionally. They don't get the right therapy because we still don't have proper cult counseling here in New Zealand. So it's one of these things that I hope the DECART conference can um, at least start to change because we're planning to get an expert from the UK over who could start to implement cult um, therapy here in New Zealand. It's just one of the many things the conference would be great for. Yeah, is is part of the problem, does our legislation need to catch up with cults, um, the, the legal status of cults and, and the impact they can have? Yes, it's. I think it's it's partly ignorance, and that's across the board from the judiciary to to first line rep- responders and social services and the medical service, and also we don't really have um, laws around co- uh, coercive control, and it's you know cultic abuse as such is not it's it's not illegal to run a cult, yeah? Um, and, and the kind of abuse, and let's even call it spiritual abuse, um, even though there is a lot of overlap with uh, coercive control from domestic violence, but it's not really recognized as such, a, such an issue enough, but it's actually causing a lot of damage. And if we look at the people who've come out of Glorida, for instance, they are like refugees from another country and they need really specialized support. But the conference is a bit, in the, it's a bit of both. It's for people who've come out of cults, maybe also years ago and you know, not not recently still deprogramming themselves, but it's in their past and it's something where maybe they can come and for the first time share their story and find like-minded people who have that in their history as well. I'm just thinking of the former children of Centerpoint, for instance, right? And it's also um, a platform, of course, for authors like Craig Boyle, whose book excommunicated about the Brethren has since come out, or experts like Sarah Rahmani, who's a religious studies lecturer at Victoria University, and they can sort of share their insights and their expertise and then anyone from the public who likes to go to a TED, TED Talk or to a book festival can soak up some really good knowledge about all of this. You mentioned Craig Hoyle. Tell me his story. Well, he was in the... Um, I have yet to read his book. I'm just holding in my hot little hands here, actually, yeah. as of today. Um, he, he was excommunicated or shunned by the Brethren um, and also um, for being gay. So putting gay rights or LGBTQ rights and gender and sexuality and human rights in general on the agenda is sort of what Descartes is really for. So it's not a political conference, but it's an advocacy um, movement. Um, there are a few groups behind it, like the Gloria Vanilla Support Trust, I'm sure you're familiar with them, or the Center Point Restoration Project, or Olive Leaf Network from Wellington. And so they're all, we're all sort of working together to make this happen. And there will be different voices and different aspects. It's not anti 
religion. Yeah, there are people with faith backgrounds, and that's absolutely fine. It's about how to spot the abuse and the red flags in communities, and not even just religious communities. It could be self-help as well. It could be the New Age. It could be MLM. Yeah, it's a it's a broad field out there. What we call cults, but it's the better term is actually high demand groups. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. There's going to be a panel on that. Um, some people will just see them as a you know, maybe one of the more obscure religious groups in New Zealand. So when does a religious group like that, in your view, cross over into some of the more worrying territory that we associate with cults? Well, that's a, that's a really good question when it comes to the, the Jehovah's Witnesses or the J-dubs, as the former members like mm-hmm. to call them. Um, it is a spectrum, and there are some, but there are certain there are certain indicators that make a group more cult-like. It's not like um, it's it's either or. It's, it's usually a spectrum, and um, Jehovah's Witnesses have really come on the radar lately, especially with their um, court case um, for um, you know with the Royal um, Commission of Inquiry into Abuse and Care. I don't think they did themselves a favour there. In fact, I think it actually highlighted some of the prob- problematic sides. And um, I'm going to be very careful to put any label on. Them, but I'm, there are enough members, former members involved with this conference and with advocacy groups who will have some stories to share. And I think it's actually good to highlight that there are, um, well, you could say like splinter religious groups that have been around for a long time and kind of have their place. And they also have some really problematic sides. For instance, shunning is a is Shunning is a human rights issue, and Craig Boyle's book, to come back to that, The Brethren, that's another, that's also something that the, that the exclusive brethren um, practice, and it's, it's brutal. It's, it's, it's really, um, it's not something that should be, should be tolerated in the way it is just because it's under the umbrella of religious freedom. So um, it's, you know, it's a fine line to walk, to, to educate and to advocate and also create um, an opening for maybe better services to happen in the future. And this could be across the board from the medical services to the police to yeah, frontline responders, teachers, you know, at schools, anyone, religious studies teachers, anyone interested in the field of, of cults. And I mean, look, through Glory Bell and so on, a lot of people these days are very interested. Netflix has a good cult doco every other month or so. It's become a really hot topic, but let's not just have it as a sort of stick... You know, it's, it's not just a sensationalist, oh, look at those weirdos over there kind of topic. It's actually something that we should all be aware of and concerned of because everyone has something that could actually draw him into a group like that and without knowing that they're in it. <laughs> Tell me about the venue for the conference and why you've chosen it. Oh, Turanga Library in Christchurch is awesome. It's um, one of the um, most beautiful, architecturally stunning um, buildings in the Southern Hemisphere. It's been built in 2018 as a part, part of the Christchurch earthquake rebuild. And I love the Kaupapa of um, a library stands for free access to information, right? And High demand, high control groups usually like to suppress information from the outside. Information control is one of the typical markers of a cult. And usually people who grow up in groups like um, Glory Bell, for instance, they're not encouraged to read outside material or even a Bible that's it's not... It's a red flag, eh? It's a red flag. So I just love the fact that we're holding this in a, in a venue that stands for free access to information and education. It's very symbolic. Great stuff. Hey, um, good luck with it. And any more information for people who would like to um, inquire further, find out oh, some more yeah. about the conference? 
Oh, absolutely. Um, we've just managed <laughs> to get a get our website up. It's decal.net. And the good thing is on there is a survey um, for anyone who's interested to attend or to speak or to learn more. There's a little survey because we want to find out what does what do, do the participants want to talk about or hear about and also where, what's their background. We want to create a very safe experience. We will have um, counsellors on standby who make sure that if people are overwhelmed or triggered, there's someone who really understands what's coming up for them and can look after them. So go on the website, check out the survey on decult.net and um, and you, you'll hear about it when it's happening in October, October 19th to 20th next year. You're very well organised. You're <laughs> yeah. organised to gear out, you and Coldplay. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> good to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesse. Have a good day. Yeah. Okay. Uh, bye. Anka Richter, who is organising this uh, conference called Decult. Uh, you may have come across this already, or you may be able to see it. Four fire engines and two helicopters are fighting a vegetation fire on Christchurch's Port Hills. There's a third helicopter on its way. We've got our eye on it, and we'll update you uh, as soon as there is any further information. Uh, through, but it's a vegetation fire on Christchurch's Port Hills. Thanks too for your feedback on Coldplay Live. Uh, I saw them at Mount Smart Stadium in 2016, says one listener. We took our two teenage kids and it was one of the best family nights out we'd ever had. Somehow we all knew the words, brilliant music, showmanship, superb staging and technology for audience participation and a special appearance by Neil Finn. Great. Uh, I was fortunate to be photographing Live Aid in 2000 and I guess that would have been 2004, I think, um, when Coldplay played. They also played the Verve's Bittersweet Symphony with Richard Ashcroft singing. It was amazing. Thank you. And Angela says we didn't see them live, but we did hear them sitting at Hyde Park outside the gates listening to a concert. Wonderful memories of a long, hot London summer.